Hi, I'm Molly Weinberg, and I'm a Philly-based lifestyle influencer who gives all the deets when it comes to wellness, travel, even entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Molly Weinberg Podcast, where I chat with experts ranging from gut health specialists to fashion icons and everything in between. I want to share all the specifics to help you live your best life. I'm not sparing any details. Yep, no questions are off limits. Every week, you will walk away from each episode feeling more motivated and more informed than before. Tune in weekly to the Molly Weinberg Podcast to never miss a beat. A lot of PCOS is like blood sugar imbalance driven. So people are having issues with balancing blood sugar. So more insulin makes more androgens, which makes extra testosterone, which is one of the reasons why people get diagnosed with PCOS is high testosterone. So blood sugar can be the root cause. I see adrenal driven PCOS. So where it's like really stress driven more so, and then inflammation driven, which inflammation is kind of part of every PCOS, but it's like what drives PCOS more. There's also PCOS that can occur as well after birth control. So someone hopping off birth control can go through a little weird bout of PCOS. If you didn't already know, I am a huge believer in holistic health. I really think that it matters to treat the root problem, the true cause opposed to trying to treat the symptom or put a bandaid on it. And so this episode was so fascinating. I got to speak with Lahana Vigliano. She is the CEO of New Be True Wellness, and she is a board certified clinical nutritionist. She holds a bachelor of nutrition science degree and is almost finished with her master's of human nutrition and functional medicine. She is passionate about women's health, especially gut health and hormones, which we really talk about pretty much the entire episode. She is obsessed with natural remedies, as am I, research, reading, weightlifting, and cooking. Also, I learned she hates to leave her home. She's a major homebody. That's really where we differ because I could travel every single day, but she is a routine kind of girl through and through. Anyway, outside of work, she is a mother of two and a wife. Her family is the inspiration behind the company and continues to encourage her through everything. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode, especially you lady listeners out there. So without further ado, let's welcome Lahana to the show. I think this is the most basic question in the book, but please tell us your story. I saw on your Instagram that you were a very young mom when you first had your first child, correct? Yes. Yes. Seems so long ago. Um, No, I'm just kidding. It's like a blur. Yes, I was so young, um, but it actually was such a pivotal part of like my journey and like even just how I was starting to think. So taking it back far long ago was when I was five, I like loved healthcare. (laughs) Don't, don't ask why. I don't know why. I just, I think naturally it was just like something I loved. And so Um, I wanted to be a doctor since I was five. So I went all through schooling, just knowing I was going to be in the healthcare field. And then I had my son, I got pregnant at like 17, had him. And that really changed the way that one, I viewed like my life too. Cause now I have like this little human and I don't know, it just is so crazy. I literally was picking up my college books the like two days after I gave birth, like my vagina felt like it was going to fall out of my body. And I just remember like never taking a break because I knew I just wanted to push through. And I think there was also like, I'm going to like prove people wrong. I believe you Mm -hmm. can do it all. I do believe that. But 
in that moment, I was also pre-med. So I was like learning all like the pre-med stuff. And I basically was being taught there was a pill for every ill. And I was like, yeah, that's not my jam. Like, I think that there's more to life than that. Also as an Enneagram eight, I'm like, I need control in my life. And (laughs) I don't like to think that we're just going to succumb to chronic illness. Um, I want control. Like, so what can I do in my life to change? And so that's how I was kind of introduced to nutrition and just absolutely loved everything. What it was about like food is medicine, et cetera. And also being young, I was like, you know what? I have kids now. So like, I want to be able to take the day off if my kid is sick. I want that flexibility in my life. And I knew that becoming a PA or a doctor, like I'm not going to have that flexibility, like the way that I want. So that's when I switched majors and decided to go into nutrition. And, um, because everything was so chaotic when I had my son that when we had our, we got married, had our daughter, I was like, I'm taking, I want to be like a stay at home mom for like a year, but it was like eight months. And I started to get like really antsy and I'm like, okay, I got to start a business or something. I was just, I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm used to like juggling and balancing all the hats. And so then that's when I started new V true back in 2015. And, you know, it's, it's kind of how, where I'm at now. And I'm almost on my master's. I'm a school nerd through and through. So I'd graduate in December and then I start my doctorate next year. So wow, that's my life. Congrats. <laughs> where did the name of your company come from? So new the nu standing for nutrition and then vi for like my middle name vigliano and then just true is just like staying true to our roots and also ourselves mentally um so i don't know we just kind of combined it and then i was like well what does this mean wait wait wait. and then because i know people are going to ask and then i was like well a little bit of everything (laughs) that's so nice yeah what have you found to be the biggest misconception when it comes to Let's start general when it comes to everyday wellness. Oh man, that is a big question for general. I mean, I think we get caught up in social media for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And like what works for each person. So in the diet world, as everyone knows, there's usually a trending diet. Um, Like, I don't, is there one I know? I would say keto, I guess is still on, on there. And so it's so easy for people who want to jump and to be like, Oh, let me try that. Or maybe this is the answer to my problems, et cetera. And so I'm such a pro bio individuality with that. And I think I just want to remind people and tell people that even though it seems pretty easy, there's not a one size fits all. And I know how bad people want it to be a one size fits all. And even different practitioners who are on like a keto dietitian, for an example, or, um, whatever it's like, kind of that one size fits all. And I think it gets people very confused and it's just not one size fits all. So I feel like that's probably the biggest misconception of thinking that there's just this one diet or supplement or whatever it is in the nutrition world, in the health world that works for everyone. And it's just not, it's just not that way. Totally. Do you think that the majority of women are not getting the right information to kind of supplement their lives and their own health. Like I think talking with girlfriends, especially people, women hardly know their labs. Like they couldn't tell me, like they take a multivitamin. And then if you're saying, oh, are you deficient in anything? I don't know, but I take a multivitamin. Like, is that lacking? Is that something that needs to be kind of honed in on? I would say we have access to a lot of good information. Now, the key is for an average person to decipher, well, who is 
a good in quotes, who's considered a good practitioner, a good person to learn from, and then who's not. So I think naturally, um, and this is definitely something that bugs me. We want to like think MDs are like the end all be all like they are health. Like if an MD doesn't approve, then it's not true. And that drives me effing batty to the extreme because as someone who's getting her doctorate, I think it's something to note is that an MD, like we're all like all the doctorates are just, you have a doctorate level of education, right? But we all specialize in different aspects of healthcare. And so being a granted, I didn't go actually into med, but a lot of it is, yeah, we're, we're all learning anatomy and physiology, et cetera, but they are, I'm sorry to say this, but I mean, a lot of what they're learning is a pill. Like what is a treatment? What is a pharmaceutical treatment for this person versus in my lens, I am on that doctor or going to be on that doctorate level, but I'm learning how is food, how's nutrition. So I think it's hard to decipher for the average person of who's correct. But I do think we do have access to awesome free information, but health in this world, just like you said, talk with your girlfriends, it's like a game of telephone of like, Oh, well, I heard this and I heard that. And I heard this. And well, Billy said on Facebook that like, this was like working for him and he lost like 30 pounds. Like this is where, yes, then it gets confusing and people get so overwhelmed and they might even start trying all the things and then they're not getting results. And they're super freaking frustrated of like, why isn't this working for me? What's wrong with me? And it's just like, no, like just because like you guys have even similar issues, there could be totally different root causes of like how you need to support that person. So it's a love hate with how much information is available and good information and bad information. But it's like, no one really knows how to decipher like what's good and bad and what works for you as an individual. Yes. How do you see through all like the bullshit? Because there's so much information out there. So much. So I would say, okay, first I would start credentialed, of, of course. That's, I think, the top way to at least start to decipher what a bestie says versus someone who's like gone to proper school and like they have trained for years for this or learned this for years. So that's the first thing. Cause yes, I don't want people to fall into, I see this a lot, no hate, no judgment, but like with MLMs becoming like multi-level marketing businesses, they're selling a supplement and then they become a health coach. And then Mm -hmm. they're saying like, you should take turmeric. And I'm like, what if they can't like, I don't know. I think just being in education, I'm like, well, that's an anticoagulant. So do you know if they're on anticoagulant drugs, like that could actually thin their blood too much, like things like that, you know, like it's so much more in depth than people think. So I think getting someone with proper education, and then I think it depends on where you align. So if you are more the natural minded, you're going to want to turn to people who have degrees in the more natural minded things like naturopaths or nutritionists. And then obviously even through this, like there's like dietitians that are like, so off this side and another dietitian on this side. So I feel like that's kind of where you have to tune into your intuitiveness. Like what deep down, do you feel like what you're learning is correct? Like you're really not going to know unless you're actually talking with someone who can maybe walk you through this of like who you should listen to, et cetera. But I would say in, if you're into the natural stuff, definitely like for naturopaths, functional medicine providers, those keywords will almost always push you in the right direction for the natural community. Thank you. I think that's super helpful. Something you spoke about more towards the beginning about how a pill for every ill. Ill? <laughs> yes. So I recently in the past two to three years have had a lot of like life changes for myself and a lot of like shift in how I treat my body and just lifestyle choices. So now I really opt to treat 
the like underlying problem opposed to the symptom. Because I think a lot of times typical doctors kind of like you're saying are like, okay, take this antibiotic or take this pill. It'll cure what you have. But in reality, it's just going to cure the ailment that you're feeling and not actually like the rooted cause of the problem. Totally. I'm seeing a ton of, of upward trends of gut issues. Yeah. Can you speak on that? Like where is it stemming from? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I always want to preface this in like all the interviews is like, there is a time and a place for Western med, Eastern med, every med in between. Like if you broke a bone, y'all don't come to me. Like, please, (laughs) I have no idea how to help you. So there's like a time and a place, but I think it just makes me sad that people put nutrition or even, which is so funny because alternative stuff in quotes are actually something that is actually the OG medicine from back in the day before we even had pharmaceuticals. So it's not alternative. It should be like the most main primary. Yeah. So I just want to preface says that there's time and place for everything, but, um, with gut health, I mean, it's really like our diet and lifestyle nowadays. Um, of course the standard American diet plays a role, but it also could be, you know, that individualized approach of maybe you are eating foods that are inflammatory to you. And that could be broccoli or salmon. Um, so it's different sensitivities, but even again, like, let's say someone has a lot of food sensitivities, it really means something is going on in their gut. But I would say, the standard American diet, stress, 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 stress. I can't stress that enough. Um, and people want to downplay or overlook it, which I understand because it's a pain in the butt to actually address because it's big decisions usually for stress, um, that people have to make changing jobs, cutting out a family member, like, you know, really protecting that energy. But, um, stress is a huge one because it downregulates your immune system and allows things to flourish and overgrow that shouldn't be there. I think environmental toxins slash your environment in general plays a role. So eating, which I know you guys organic isn't perfect. I know, but eating non-organic foods that have a lot of pesticides, those pesticides are also killing your microbes as well. Like drinking the unfiltered water. Um, the, yes, the overprescription of antibiotics are huge here. I mean, kids, by the time they are like a teen have had so many doses of antibiotics for a standard um, American. And that's, crazy to think Mm -hmm. about and other drugs too. I think that play a role as well. Attention, any, any type of drug is going to affect your microbiome, even over the counter Advil, right. And Tylenol affecting your liver. So just medications in general, definitely sleep, which kind of comes into stress. Like bad sleep is very stressful on the body, which turns into that stress component. But I mean, mainly what we see, because when we talk, when we talk to clients, we look at their diet environment, stress, sleep, and exercise. And so we almost always see one of those things out of balance that's driving that gut issue, whatever that could be. For gut health, do you recommend a certain brand of prebiotics and probiotics, or you really think it's more important to talk to someone like yourself first to know what to be taking? I mean, I am definitely a test don't guess person for sure. So like the stool test we do, which I absolutely love. If you've never done it, yes, it's insanely gross. I want to do this. So awesome. Honestly, I've heard about Um, this. When the stool test that we use will basically test your good bacteria and break it down into strings like your low in, um, lactobacillus acidophilus or, you know, certain things that you're high in and low. So that I like because then I can target like, okay, what probiotic supplement strains do you actually need? And then I can give you, honestly, <laughs> I try to keep it as minimal as possible, but sometimes that means like taking like three different probiotics, depending on like what strings you're low in. Um, but for just a basic, like we have a full 
full script, which is like our virtual dispensary. Anyone can make an account on it. Um, and it's where you can just shop practitioner grade supplements. I would say a good basic one is like a Claire Labs, their biotic complete. Like that's a good one that has like different lactobacillus and um, bifido strains. But honestly, like, yeah, you don't know unless you test of like what you actually need. Um, Cause I know there's a lot of trending probiotics. Um, sometimes soil-based probiotics are what people need. Sometimes not just kind of depends. Totally. How much do hormones affect us ladies? What does that really look like? A, a lot, but <laughs> I will say people kind of want to jump to hormones, which is great. I love that people are excited about hormones, want to learn about hormones, but usually hormones is something deeper. So if you are having irregular cycles, painful cycles, something like that, you're ultimately wanting to look for, well, how's your blood sugar balance? How's your gut? How are all the other things that can affect sex hormones? So I like to think of sex hormones as like the, one of the last dominoes to fall. So sometimes we don't always jump to it, but hormones, there's a million of them. And to keep it real simple, they are the communicators throughout the body. So they're going from tissue to tissue, just communicating with like, Hey, you're supposed to be doing this. Hey, do this. And so when that's out of control, obviously like if community as, as with everything, relationships, whatever, if communication's not there, you know, it's the body's not going to work properly. So hormones for women, that could be our estrogen progesterone. So our period sex hormones, that could be insulin, our blood sugar hormone, that could be cortisol, our stress hormone. So they, even though they're different, they do all like interplay together. And it's really like hormones are like Goldilocks. It's got to be like just right. Not, not too much, not too little. Um, but it does play a role in like energy, um, our cycles. So reproduction. So if you're trying for a baby, it plays in, Oh, thyroid. How can I forget thyroid thyroid? It plays in our metabolism. I mean, every single aspect of life symptom, it definitely could be tied to hormones for sure. What exactly is thyroid? I hear the term all the time. We see it all the time. What is it actually doing with the body? So that is a big player in our metabolism. And it, it's, I like to call it, it's like kind of the ruler of all. <laughs> so when your thyroid, which is right here, um, in your neck, it's a butterfly shaped. So I'm not sure if you know, you still like butterfly symbols. That's why it's shaped like a butterfly. Um, but that's, it really plays a role in every system. So if someone is I'm going to, I always say sluggish, think of sluggishness. So when things are sluggish constipation, right? Sluggish bowels, that's, that could be potentially thyroid, um, sluggish weight loss that could be potentially thyroid. So anything that's running a little sluggish definitely can go back to thyroid as well as the reverse. When the thyroid's overreactive, it can speed up things like fasting heart beat that can also be linked to, um, hyperthyroid. So too much thyroid hormone anxiety too much. Um, so it really impacts the whole entire body, but metabolism is what a lot of people come to us for. Cause they're like, Oh, my thyroid's a little low. Um, you know, what does that mean? And you know, is that why I can't lose weight? <laughs> it's so interesting. What are some foods that maybe help regulate hormones across the board? Is that an okay question? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no perfectness to it. Um, I would say, you know, whole foods diet is always the first basis to start. So I say, if you can answer these questions and say, yes, you're probably eating like a whole food. So can you grow it or can you kill it? If you can't answer those, then you most likely are eating something processed, not saying that like you can't have anything processed anymore. Cause there's really healthier options of processed food, like simple milk crackers or et cetera. But if you are having hormonal issues or in like a healing part of your season of life with your health, then 
as whole food from the ground as possible is going to be ideal. I think quality protein, grass-fed, organic, wild-caught seafood, that protein is amazing for blood sugar balance, which tends to be one of the first things to be thrown off. It's amazing source of B vitamins that are needed to build hormones and the amino acids are needed to build hormones and it's super satiating. So I absolutely love um, protein, good quality protein in that way. People are also weirdly scared of carbs. Don't know why a huge fan of like whole food carbs, starchy veggies, like your squashes and your potatoes, um, legumes and grains are also okay, but you know, very individualized. Not everyone can do grains. Some people can, some people can't. Um, but carbs are needed for that thyroid conversion because your thyroid hormone needs to convert to active thyroid hormone, which plays around in all the little places of your body. So when someone is low carb, one, it increases cortisol. It's very stressful. And two, we need it for thyroid conversion. Um, and then your healthy fats, your avocados, your olive oil, your coconut, these are all things that are going to build your hormones. Cause a lot of your hormones are made from fat. Cholesterol is the backbone to their hormones. So if you don't have enough of it, then you're going to have trouble even building these hormones. And I would say the only other subgroup that I would definitely highlight for hormones is going to be your cruciferous vegetables. So your broccoli, your cauliflower, your kale, your Brussels sprouts, um, those all help promote better estrogen detoxification. So it helps go down. How do I even say this? It goes, goes down a pathway that's more protective versus a pathway that can be more dangerous and increase your risk for like breast cancers and stuff. So I love cruciferous vegetables. They definitely shine in that aspect of hormone balance. Wait, wait, wait. I need more explanation on that. (laughs) Those types of vegetables can potentially help prevent breast cancer. Yes. So when we detox estrogen, it goes through our liver and there's a couple pathways that can go down. Um, and there's a lot of studies on this, which is super cool. And you can only get this tested if you are doing urine hormone testing, which is what we do. You can't get this via blood. So if you've only tested hormones in blood on, you honestly have no idea. So there's three pathways. One pathway is called the two OH pathway. It's super protective. That's where majority of your estrogen detox should go down. The second pathway is the four OH pathway. This pathway does directly damage your DNA. So can increase risk for cancers. So someone could have perfect estrogen levels, but they're favoring this dangerous pathway that can increase your risk for breast cancers. And I've actually know people who were, you know, testing hormones and it wasn't the amount because a lot of people think like too much estrogen makes breast cancer, which in some case it does. But in some cases I've seen people get diagnosed with breast cancer with perfect estrogen, but they're choosing a whole like wrong pathway of detox. And then the third pathway is 16-OH, which can increase, um, very proliferative. So I like to say, bad for your boobs, but good for your bones. Cause it like promotes growth, but not always in a good way with boobs. Um, so there's different pathways. And so the cruciferous vegetables help shove that pathway down the two OH. So it's going to better balance that hormone metabolism, which I love. So big fan of that. A lot of people also want to jump to dim. That's a very common supplement made from cruciferous vegetables. It's a very concentrated dose please do not jump to that. Um, (laughs) because it can also lower estrogen. So if you don't, if you have like Mm -hmm. low normal estrogen levels, please, this is why like tests don't guess, don't just randomly throw supplements because you could make like a ton worse. Um, but that whole purpose is yes, it pushes it down the more protective pathway of estrogen. 
I'm changing topics here, but somewhat on the hormone <laughs> Let's do track. It. <laughs> birth control. Are you for it? Are you, do you think it's like a case by case? Do you think that the body needs to regulate itself? So if you are using birth control to help a condition, I'm probably against it. It is a band-aid. So the moment you stop birth control, you basically are back to where you started. And to me, that's not a solution. Um, yes, it's going to alleviate symptoms, but that's not the ultimate solution. I'm like very anti-band-aid and I'm even anti-band-aid for natural stuff. So if someone's having inflammation, yes. Am I going to give them maybe some frankincense, some turmeric that helps quell infl inflammation, of course, but I don't want that to be the only option, right? Like you need to actually dig into why inflammation is happening in the first place. So same with hormones, you need to dig into why hormone imbalances is occurring and not just like say birth control. So if you're dealing, if you're using birth control for a condition, I don't agree. If you're using it for birth control, like birth control, I personally wouldn't, would I recommend others? I mean, it's your choice, but I am such a fan of like natural family planning getting to know your cycle. You're literally only able to get pregnant. Um, okay. Let's say I'm going to say five days because sperm can live in you, I guess longer, but in such a short amount of time compared to birth control all month, you see like where you're protecting against pregnancy all month when you're really, it's only like a couple of days that you can actually get pregnant. So I'm a fan of just like knowing your cycle using condoms, obviously if you're ovulating or just for extra protective protection. But to me, I personally don't think that the pros outweigh the cons because women are at increased risk for blood clots, like so much more than I think we, we realize. Um, and to me, it's just, it's a bandaid and all these side effects that happen. Um, I do, I do think I don't have any, I'm in research a lot, but I haven't looked into this in a while, but I'm sure that there's a connection with why it's so many cases of infertility that's happening in women today. I definitely think it's a part of it for sure. So yeah, that's my two cents on birth control. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. You know, I definitely think I'm the, the, like the 1% when it comes to this, because I could not find a birth control personally that made me feel normal. I felt yeah. crazy and I tried five, five different birth controls. And then <laughs> finally tried. I was like, you know what? Like maybe this is a sign. And I'm so glad because at that time in my life, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I didn't, Yes, I was not educated in this at all. You know, I didn't know necessarily traditional versus natural vice versa. So my whole thing was like, I'm just gonna wait and figure it out until I have another option. But then I just, continued on and learned my cycle and learned my own body. And I'm so grateful I did. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I love that, that you like have that experience. Me too. I think I tried birth control when I was like a teenager and I was like, mm -hmm. hashtag, I just want big boobs. Um, <laughs> I know that like happens, but I was got so sick. I remember like feeling, I think I was like dry heaving, like uh, maybe the second day I took it, I was just so sick. I was like, oh, never mind. This is like not worth it. And at the moment, like I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I mean, I was like so young, but now I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That I felt like crap on it and that I didn't, I probably would have kept taking it mm -hmm. without any education and knowledge. And then be in my twenties and be like, what did I do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. For the foods that you recommended that really support hormones and like overall healthy bodies, what I'm assuming refined sugar is going to be a large chunk of the answer. What foods should we avoid? 
Yeah, definitely sugar for sure. Obviously throwing off blood sugar balance. Um, it can be inflammatory. It does decrease our sex hormone binding globulin, which is a protein that, you know, binds to your hormones to make sure that there's, you know, enough, not too much, not too little. So definitely sugar, alcohol, ladies don't kill me. <laughs> um, yes, that includes wine. I know a lot of people would say, what about the polyphenols and all the other healthy parts of alcohol? But I mean, let's be honest, it definitely is a burden on the liver. It creates a carcinogen. Like, I mean, that's nothing new. And so to me, it's just not worth it, but it increases stress hormone. It definitely can disrupt your blood sugar balance as well. And it does inhibit your gut from absorbing all the things that you need. So alcohol would be on the list and not saying forever, but I think if you're in a place of healing definitely needs to be cut back. And then when you are in a better place, yeah. Having that one glass every now and then, like it's, yeah, it's not going to hurt you, but I know women who just want to keep drinking like their wine, but they're not in a place where they should be. And there's a lot going on. And that's like where a relationship where you're going to be like, okay, not right now. I would say dairy is pretty bio-individual. I find that most women do feel better coming off of dairy, but I think too, when you improve some gut health that you could potentially increase dairy consumption later on, maybe every now and then high quality, of course, like none of the junk that most you can buy in stores, whole foods would be your best bet to buy um, a better quality dairy or going to a farmer's market and buying that as well. I also find dairy being dose dependent. So again, I usually take it out and recommend steering clear from it in the midst of like intense healing. But once you are feeling better, yeah, play around with the dose. Um, some people can have like a little bit of like goat milk cheese and be totally okay. And then, you know, if they do it three days in a row, that's when start like, okay, now I'm starting to break out, et cetera. So I think it's very dose dependent and different because every dairy product is kind of different in the way um, that it reacts to the body. So some people can do like whey protein, but they can't do like cow's milk or something like that. Um, so dairy is kind of bio-individual, but I do add it in there. And then we would probably be my last one. I know people be hating on this too, because they like the bread. I like bread too. Don't get me wrong. But studies show that no matter who you are, celiac, which is that autoimmune component, um, allergic, sensitive, or like literally the average person that has like none of those things that wheat does increase intestinal permeability, which is in layman's terms, like leaky gut. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of leaky gut Oh yeah. because it increases and affects gut health in this way. To me, I would rather push people towards a more nutrient dense option, like a nutrient dense option of pasta and bread and like all of our favorite things, but just honestly, just doesn't have that negative effect of gut health. I don't know, as well as tasting better. I feel like most wheat products anyways are very, 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 very processed. So I would rather, you know, opt for like chickpea pasta or like Canyon Bakehouse or something like that. Um, I love those, Canyon. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Yes. Those are very four if I had to choose. So I've heard sourdough is maybe the best option if you're going to have traditional wheat. Is that something you agree with? Yes, definitely. It's fermented. It's way easier to digest. Is it still gluten? So like if you're celiac, you absolutely can still not have it. Um, even allergic, I would still stay clear from it, but possibly sensitivity, you could be okay with it. But to me, actually, it's so funny that you asked that we were just, me and my assistant were just talking about, um, like finding a sourdough gluten-free version of it. Cause I want the best of both worlds. Like I want the sourdough mm -hmm. portion I and love it. I want like not wheat. <laughs> yeah. If you find it, can you let me know? <laughs> yes. I mean, there is one it's expensive. It's called seriously bread. I've actually heard of that. It's like S R S L Y. Yeah. Like they take the vowels out. 
Yes. Oh, is that what they do? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I, I've definitely heard of this brand, but I've never tried it. If you try I it. I would either. I would either. Mm, okay. Let's do the taste and review on the next episode. Right. <laughs> so what supplements are crucial? Very individualized. I honestly don't have one that's like everyone must take. I would say a multivitamin is probably going to be there, um, of two take just to cover all the bases. Um, multivitamins are not made to replete stores or anything like that. So if you are deficient, most of the time you do need a higher dose and that's not what a multivitamin is for, but I do think it can cover bases because our soil is just over farmed, not what it used to be. Um, by the time we eat food from a site, if you are shopping local, this is where that is awesome and helpful. But if you're just going to the store, by the time it's picked, by the time it's shipped, by the time it arrives at the grocery store, and then by the time you eat it, nutrients are already dwindling. So I do think a multivitamin is great. Um, I will be biased and say the new Vitri multivitamin is awesome. Um, only because I formulated it. So I was sick and tired of like picking through all the ones on the market and it's either they had extra ingredients I didn't like, or it wasn't the right source, like, a more methylated form that's better absorbable. So that's why I kind of create my own. So if you need one, that's, that's, that's my recommendation. <laughs> that's awesome. It's amazing that you even created one. Huge accomplishment. Yes. Yes. How common is PCOS and why do you think it is? I would say no, actually it's common, but maybe I'm biased because I see PCOS. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm like, yeah, I feel like everyone has PCOS. Um, but no, I think it's definitely more common and there's different types of PCOS. Again, this is a perfect example of what we talked about earlier of like same diagnosis, different root causes. So a lot of PCOS is like blood sugar imbalance driven. So people are having issues with balancing blood sugar. So more insulin makes more androgens, which makes, you know, that extra testosterone, which is one of the reasons why people get diagnosed with PCOS is high testosterone. Um, so blood sugar can be the root cause. I see adrenal driven PCOS. So where it's like really stress driven more, more so, and then there's inflammation driven, which inflammation is kind of part of every PCOS, but it's like what drives PCOS more. And then there's also PCOS that can occur as well after birth control. So someone hopping off birth control Whoa. can go through a little weird bout of PCOS, but that's usually not a forever thing. It's just like your body rebounding from being on birth control. Interesting. When it comes yeah. to inflammation, what are some foods that you really recommend across the board? Oh, this one's really hard too, um, because we do food sensitivity testing. Um, and so I see like I want to say, of course, like, oh, your salmon, your turmeric, but I've actually seen this be inflammatory in people. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like I can't say that anymore, which is where, again, when you're taking in blogs and just different like things on the internet, just make sure that you are viewing it in the lens of like, but this may not be for me. But when we do food sensitivity testing, it's testing the endpoint of the reaction. So when someone eats asparagus, do they increase in like cytokines and interleukins and all the actual inflammatory markers. And then that's kind of how that drives. Like, is this a food sensitivity? Does this produce inflammation? So, I mean, across the board, if I had to be really general, I, of course, I'm going to say vegetables and, uh, wild caught seafood and, you know, fruits, et cetera. But I don't know from what we see doing all these lab tests, I mm -hmm. definitely can't confidently say like, oh, eat this. And it's definitely anti-inflammatory for you. When you <laughs> came through all of this and like kind of embarked on this journey, did you discover for yourself because you were maybe eating the standard American diet that you had XYZ ailments, let's call them one of them, maybe being inflammation. Like, did you discover this personally? Um, 
Not really. I'm thankful. I never really had a huge diagnosis in my life. That was like changed everything for me. Um, knock on wood for the most part, but kind of like a little bit of dairy when I had some acne happening and I saw definitely a direct correlation because acne is naturally inflammatory, it's inflammatory pores. So yeah, I think that like is the most direct I've ever seen, but personally, no, I've never had like a huge diagnosis. That was like such a life changer for me and making huge diet changes. But I did see a difference in like what I could be. So obviously if you're eating pretty standard American or wherever you're eating at now, all you know, is like what, you know, so when you start eating better and you've reached like next level and level that you really didn't even know existed. Cause you only know what, you know, I definitely felt that I was just like, wow. Like I didn't realize that like, this is energy or this is good gut health. Um, and so now if I get sick or something that brings me a little down, I'm like, Oh no, I'm like, I need to be back at the top. I'm fomoing. <laughs> I have to say your Instagram graphics are so good. I love seeing like all the suggestions, the recipes, the things to maybe avoid, the things to include. So keep those up. And I'm definitely going to link your Instagram in the show notes because it's just so, it's such a great resource and it's free. It's great. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) What does a typical day of eating and exercising look like for you? Okay. I am a matcha addict. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I I love me some matcha, but I usually like to start off with, um, I'm currently loving Organifi, their red juice. So I'm usually drinking like water and I like to mix it with like either lemon or like a red juice powder or something in the morning to get me like hydrated. Um, I usually will do like a matcha in the morning as well. Um, What what is red juice? Oh, it's by the company Organifi. So it's basically like a, like a red juice blend. So it has like strawberries and cranberries Mm. and medicinal mushrooms, reishi, cordyceps. I love their blend. So highly recommend them. It's pricey, but it's, it tastes like so phenomenal. Interesting. I feel like I hear green juice all the time, but red juice, are you ahead Mm. of the trend or am I just really Mm. behind? (laughs) I don't know. I hope this becomes a trend because it's really good. (laughs) It sounds really good. They make a green juice too, like a powder, but I love their red. I love starting my day off with a walk in the morning. So movement is really key. Um, I definitely try to get, I'm not like super anal about this, but I try to get like three, three to 4,000 steps in, in the morning just to like make, and I say steps because Apple watch and it just tells me like, okay, I've done plenty of movement. Um, cause when I'm working and I'm sitting at my computer, I'm working and sitting at my computer. So, um, movement in the morning in that regard is helpful. Then I usually have breakfast. Um, eggs are like my jam. Usually we'll love to make them with vegetables. Sometimes I will even do like Canadian bakehouse toast. It just kind of depends on how I'm feeling goals. Also like cycling with my period. So some like towards the end of my cycle, I usually will crave carbs a little bit more, et cetera. Um, so eggs are usually my go-to and then, I love to work out in middle morning. Like that's the best time. I feel like my body like loves to work out. So I will, I don't schedule it in, but I will sneak it in between clients or appointments or whatnot. But I usually will try to work out like four or five times a week. I'm strength training. I hate cardio. You'll never catch me running. If I'm running, I'm probably like getting kidnapped or murdered or something. So like literally, literally got 911. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hate cardio. So I'm strength training all the way. So upper body, lower body, just, we have a tonal at home. It's amazing. That's Um, awesome. We got it like through COVID because 
I was not going to wear a mask when I was working out. I'm like, absolutely not. So we got that and that's been a game changer. And then lunch usually is leftovers. That's like when I'm killing it at life is when I have leftovers, <laughs> but quickly it could be like a tuna salad. So like canned tuna mixed with like avocado oil, mayo, you know, simple meals, crackers and celery, et cetera. And then dinner as a mom of two, I do got to cook for everyone. So I usually meal plan over the weekend. And I just make sure every day is a little bit diverse. So we're having seafood, chicken, beef, I don't know, all, all of it. And then just making sure veggies and starches. So we really mix it up from burgers to super classic Italian dish. Um, so it totally depends on like what the mood is. All I know is you turn on Frank's natural cooking and like nothing can come out bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are my husband. He loves to cook to Frank Sinatra. That's so funny. Wow. I always thought he was such a weirdo for this, but maybe this is like a real thing. Maybe people really put this on to cook. Yeah. Yes. I actually thought I was alone too until we had someone over. And then he mentioned that he like listened to Frank Snatcher when he's cooked. I'm like, what are we best friends? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So are you not a snacker? I must know. No. So like if I work, if I do a good workout, I will always do like a smoothie, which would be considered a snack. So I make sure it's plenty of protein, powder, veggies, fruit, stuff like that. So that would be considered a snack, but I try not to, cause I try to give my blood sugar that break in between meals. Um, because there's something called the MMC, the migrating motor complex. And this little guy is like a broom and it like shoves, you know, just moves all the things down your digestive system. And this starts two hours after you eat and it stops automatically when you start eating again. So if you are mm. eating all the time, like every hour on the hour, then you're, this really never gets a chance to like kick on and do its thing. So that's like a gut thing, but then also like just blood sugar and all that stuff. So I try to make my meals super satiating, filling, and then just evenly space them. But I'm not opposed to snacks. You know, it just kind of comes with how I'm feeling, maybe where I'm at my cycle and my hunger is a little bit higher than, yeah, I totally caved. And it depends on what it is. It could be like a go macro bar. It could be, um, I just ate that. No, oh, nice. I love, I the, love them. I love the kids. I don't know if you've ever tried the kids. They're small. So I hate that, but their kids oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. That is literally what I just ate. I would mm. show you the wrapper, but it might be like really weird to go. In the the kids one. No, but <laughs> that one, that one. Flavor. Okay. I oh my gosh. I've never seen the kids one. Is that sold at whole foods? Yes, yes, yes. Um, because I also bought them off Amazon and Thrive Market, mm. but I know I've tried the adult one, the regular one, but mm. I'm telling you, I think they put extra chocolate in the kits and it's like phenomenal. Oh my gosh, that's a pro tip. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, yum. That sounds so good. I love the extra chocolate. Yes, I love it. What's your opinion on intermittent fasting? It depends on the person. Um, I think that most women that come to see us aren't in the phase to do it because it is stressful on the body. And so we see stress being such a big issue in the women we work with. So it's not something we jump to. I think a 12 hour fast for everyone is awesome. I think everyone should at least do that. Um, that's really doable, especially if you stop eating after dinner and then eat a normal breakfast at eight or nine, you pretty much have like a 12 hour fast. Um, so I would say that's pretty good for most people longer, totally depends. But I just think most people I see honestly 
it impacts them. It makes them feel stressed, low energy. And then in addition to 95% of women I see are under eating, they're not trying to under eat. They don't even realize they're under eating wow. until we actually put it together of like, Hey, no, this is how much protein I want you to be eating. And I'm not like just heads up. Like we are not number Nazis. So we are not like your typical, like, Oh, count, count, count. But I think it is a useful tool to bring that to light because so many women are under eating. And I'm like, well, that's why your metabolism sucks. That's why you can't sleep and all these other issues. So when we take away a whole food, let's say breakfast, if someone's severely inter intermittent fasting, um, and so they're starting at lunch and dinner, honestly, like if it's hard for people to get food in with three meals, let alone like two, I just feel like it's like impossible. Totally valid. Yeah. For someone who is listening, who maybe is pretty overweight and her health is out of whack and she wants to make a change, but feels super overwhelmed. What are three unique tips or starting points that you can advise? So answering the question, am I eating something I can kill or grow? That's like the simplest way you can make, you can like monitor and assess like what you're eating. Um, and obviously eat those things. If you can answer yes, sleeping, like, I think a lot of people want to just like sleep when you're dead or just like, Oh, it's just sleep. It's whatever. But one night of bad sleep makes you more insulin resistant the next day. So like, it's so important for blood sugar, for hormones, for your metabolism, please sleep. I think it depends on how long, like you feel best. Like I'm a seven hour, like I can't go more or less. Like I need exactly seven, but seven to eight minimum is usually key. Anything less than that. Like if you are going to bed late and only sleeping five hours, like that is like top priority. I don't, I don't care what you do. That's top priority. So sleep and then eating. And then I would say movement. And cause that's a really simple one. And I wouldn't say if you're just getting started, you need to jump in like CrossFit gym and go crazy. But I think just movement in general, like getting, um, depending on where you're starting, but ideally like eight to 10 K steps a day. Um, if that's something, a metric you want to use to track it. But if you're starting at like 3000, then just slowly up it like to 5,000 and then 6,000, 7,000. But like just that low key movement is so amazing for metabolism. And it's so underrated because everyone's like hard workout, which don't get me wrong. I, I love me a good light diet. Like I am obsessed with like a good strength training day, but movement, low key movement, like walking is so amazing. So that's why I would recommend you starting with movement. That's so good. Thank you. What are some Instagram accounts that you love and would recommend others follow? Oh my gosh. I love my bestie choose food wisely. Love her. She's like kind of thyroid hormones, very similar to what I do, but I love her stuff. Um, love that healing feeling. She's a gem of a person and she just helps inspire and love her just really telling women and well, people in general, like the gaslighting of like the medical system and just like healing from within love her camp city, ATX, all one word. He's awesome for workouts. He's a beast. Um, I'll say those three. I know that there's so much more, but I would say those three. It's Trey good. Kennedy, it's to start. Trey Kennedy. If you need some funny. <laughs> oh yes. I love it. <laughs> Why don't you pimp yourself out? Maybe share your website, share yeah. your own Instagram, share your program. Yes. Okay. So I'm found at Nuvitru, N-U-V-I-T-R-U, wellness, all one word. 
NewVitruWellness.com. That's our website. Um, Instagram, NewVitruWellness. That's probably where I love to be at the most. Um, stories is like a lot of behind the scenes. Um, I just love Instagram, even though I hate their censorship, but whatever. I'll pick my battles. Um, so that's <laughs> that. Uh, we have a private community, though, um, which I will ha- give you the link that you can share with your community because censorship is a thing. I am such a fan of making sure that we are able to have open conversations about hard topics in healthcare. And just people who run and live more holistically because it's crazy. Now the holistic stuff is kind of censored and it's hard to find. So that's why I create my own community so I can have control. Any great problems. And then our podcast, Functional Nutrition Radio. I've been doing that for so long, just solo podcast with me and sharing all the things from hormones, gut, just general nutrition stuff. I um, always love um, topics as well to cover like suggestions there. And then um, our services is on our website at newbeachwellness.com. There is a button at the menu saying services. And we're super transparent because we're not trying to hide or be sketch. Like that is not my jam. So we have all of our pricing, our packages, like what we offer right there. So you can just get a feel for how we work. Um, Our lab testing page on our website. You can also download like a sample of like a stool test. You can see exactly like what's tested. I was just um, going to ask you, does that include the poop test? Because I'm going to go check yes. it out. <laughs> yes. Poop test, hormone testing, micronutrient mold, all the things. Um, so we'd love that. So you can go check that out. And um, if, if you do want to move forward, there's a form on our services page that you can fill out to book a free 15 minute call with me and we can, we can chat. Awesome. And I ask everyone this who, um, who comes on the pod, what is your favorite product that you would recommend to like your best friend? Not, doesn't have to be in the wellness or nutrition space. It could be a new mm. iPhone case that you love the feeling. It could be a cool beauty blender. It could be anything. What's something that you're obsessing oh over? Oh my gosh. What am I not obsessing over? Okay. I am a sucker, especially if you're, which I feel like these bags are tailored to like working moms, whatever. I am obsessed with Bay's bags, B-E-I-S. I Shame targeted at ads for them. Obsessed, obsessed. I mm. may or may not have like more than five. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just bought their like anniversary one, which is out of stock, but it was gorgeous. Um, but I absolutely love them because they are some of the only bags that I feel like are catered to working moms that think of the little things like the inside the bag, they have like a little, um, fabric with like a little clip at the end to like hold your keys. So you always know where your keys are. You don't have to dig into the bag. All the different like organization things, like everything from diaper bags to travel. I would say like, if you're a traveler, definitely check them out, but I am not a traveler. I'm a homebody through and through. Like you have to put me in a coffin and like, take me somewhere. Like I'm like that. Like, no, I don't want to go to Hawaii. Um, so I'm like the opposite of what a lot of people. Yes. Yes. I am the opposite. I love being home. I love my routine. It's everything. Um, anyway, so if you're a traveler, check them out, but I love them even just like going around town. So obsessed for sure. Thank you. This is such a good wreck. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked. See, I always find something new that I need to now spend money on every time I ask this question. It's good and bad. <laughs> I'm about to say good and bad for sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you so, so much for your time and for recording. This was so good. I just like, I love this topic. So being able to hear from you personally is so nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I know I had so much fun. I love your podcast vibe. It's like so conversational and I love it. So thank you for having me. Thank you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with your friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who you think would gain value from this episode. And if you're feeling up for it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means so, so much. 